0: We should hear our Father's Word, and, and what a passage it is. Like I said, I've been wondering, is this where you're going to take us, Lord? So our scripture reading today is found in 2 Corinthians again, where we seeing the directions that the love of Christ, when we've experienced it, compels us or moves us forward. And today we come to 2 Corinthians 6, verses 3 through 13. Let's stand, because we're going to be hearing our Father's Word. Uh, we'll start with verse 3. We put no stumbling blocks in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as imposters, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on beaten, and yet not killed, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us as a fair exchange. I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also. And this is the word of God. You may be seated.
1: I know you're all looking at the clock, don't worry, we'll we'll be okay. Uh, My question for you, for myself all week, has been, what transition are you in right now? We're always in some form of change, from one to another, and, and man, this has been a week of transition around Lake Avenue Church, and, and not just the news around what will be happening in seven months, not just all the questions that come with that in terms of the leadership of our church, but this is a week where I'm just very aware of the kinds of transitions for some of you, as You're getting ready for your children to figure out what they're gonna do next year, where they're gonna go to school. This is a week in which some of our most loved people in this congregation transitioned from this life to eternal life, Arlene Miller, our sister. This was a week of transition for some of you um, as you received a diagnosis in your family. Always information, always life, coming in to each one of us, and, and we're always in this place of adapting and changing and trying to figure out how it is we're to live in the midst of all that's happening around us. And we've been in a series over the last many weeks where, where we're looking at uh, what difference does life make with Jesus in it? How are we compelled to live differently? What does it really look like for someone who, who follows Jesus in the midst of real life? What difference does it make? And so the question this morning, and it's not a direct question from the text, but it's linked. So what difference does Jesus make in our life in the midst of the many transitions that we're in or coming to? The transitions that we want, the transitions we don't want, the transitions that are unplanned that come in front of us. What difference does it make? Does it make any difference for the follower of Jesus? Do our lives look any different because God is in them and that we follow Jesus in the midst of a world that is always transitioning? By way of just a quick update, we're in this book of 2 Corinthians where the church in Corinth is uh, is a mess. And Paul very uh, loves this church and cares for them and wants to see them in many ways transition themselves transition from their misunderstandings about what faith looks like, transition from a really bad definition of what church is supposed to be. He'd like them to transition even in their understanding of what faithful living looks like because in the midst of the world of the church of Corinth, lots and lots of misunderstandings. And we've just come out of chapter 5, where very specifically Paul is laying it out to this church and saying, uh, here's the main thing. Here's what it's all about. is that we have a God who desires to, to be in relationship with us and that we are reconciled through Jesus Christ into this beautiful, intimate relationship with God. And as a result, Corinth Church... As a result, Lake Avenue Church, when we're reconciled with God, we have this great opportunity to be ministers of that same message so that we can live our lives declaring what it looks like to be in intimacy with God. And as we come to the text that Pastor just read for us, I think what we find is Pastor Paul in his heart. We find Paul in a very honest and vulnerable, and beautiful place with this group of people that he cares about so deeply. That he cares that they would understand the truth of what it's all about, what life is all about, what life with God is all about. And in these 10 verses, we see see Pastor Paul. We see Pastor Paul as he cares for the people he is writing with, that he's not just sending them systematic theology. He's not just trying to change their brains. He's trying to speak to their hearts, and he's speaking to their life, and he's exposing his heart and his life to them in this moment. And so in their time of transition, they needed a pastor. And in our times of transition, we need a pastor as well. And let's allow the Apostle Paul to be our pastor this morning. There's three words, three words I want to share with you that I see in this text that show us the way Paul cares for this particular group of people. And I believe this, I believe that as we look at them briefly and as we then think about these words for our own life, our own context, and even in our church life, in our church context, that these words can encourage us and inspire us and that Paul can be our pastor this morning as well. So the first word I want to point out in, it's right there in verse three and the word would be concern. And Paul writes, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. I think what we hear from Pastor Paul right away as he's been laying out this correction, laying out this uh, better way of understanding, the true way of understanding God, we hear Paul being so concerned about the faith of the Corinthian church that he's very aware of his position, he is very aware of his voice, he is very aware of his power, and what he is saying to this church is that it's not about me. In fact, I don't want to even get in the way of your faith. I'm not giving you all these correctives. I haven't spent five chapters sharing with you about God so that you will feel shame or guilt. I am trying to bring you into the presence of God. Paul has a concern for the church, and his concern is that they would have real faith, and he doesn't want anything to get in the way of that. Remember that Paul himself is being criticized, being slandered, and his concern is not to fix his name. His concern is that the name of Jesus would be louder than anything, and that the truth of Jesus would be louder than any circumstance that Paul finds himself in. His concern is not for himself, but it's for the people. And Pastor Paul has a deep, deep concern that his people would find faith in Jesus and that there would be nothing about his leadership or his words or this letter that would get in the way of their understanding the truth of God. The second thing we see in this text, when we look at this big chunk of verses four to 10, Paul's bringing clarity. He's doing it very vulnerably. And what's he bringing clarity on? He's bringing clarity again in a context that had a very uh, unique understanding of what it meant to be faithful. We've been asking this question, what difference does it make when Jesus is in your life? The Corinthian church had really bad answers to that question. And Paul uses this moment, Pastor Paul bringing his heart, saying, my concern, right, is for you and your faith. Let me bring some clarity. Let me help you understand what it really means to follow Jesus. And his clarity is all around this idea of endurance. In a world that was saying faithfulness meant easy, Faithfulness meant a lot of people applauding you, lots and lots of people coming and being really excited about you as an individual. Paul says, No, 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 following Jesus, my life has been one not marked by worldly success and lots of applause and lots of people thinking I'm great. No, my life with Jesus has been marked by endurance. When he says in verse four that he com- we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance, Paul's bringing clarity as to what faithful living looks like in a world of confusion, in a world that says God is real and faithful and you are faithful when it's all working out. Clarity for Paul is about endurance and he speaks specifically about a few different kinds of endurances that he's experienced. First, endurance during difficulty. I feel like I always get these verses, Greg. You give me the the, the life is hard stuff. But man, it's hard, isn't it? Paul is saying that following God has been one not where life was easy, quite the opposite actually. Following Jesus for Paul was incredibly difficult, and so he talks about troubles, and hardships, and distresses, and beatings, imprisonments, and riots, and hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger. Next time you're sharing faith with your friend, start there. (laughs) Paul's speaking about when you follow Jesus, there's general troubles, there's troubles we experience from other people, there's personal troubles. And what Paul is saying is it's not that the troubles defined him, he was no victim, he didn't look at all the hard things that came his way and was trying to get people to give him a little extra love. Of Paul's saying, it's not the troubles that define me, it's the endurance that defines Paul. In fact, he goes on to say, how, how, how did I endure all this? And look at the second, verses six and seven, endurance by grace. So as he's going through all these troubles over and over again, he experienced God in ways where he said impurity. In understanding, in patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and the left hand. Paul is bringing clarity and saying life with God is about endurance, but it's not a just grit your teeth and get through it and become a hardened person. No, what he's saying is not only is there endurance and difficulty, but that the spirit of God gives his grace. And it's through these times of trouble where we transform and become very different people that we're endured by these gifts of grace from God so that we come out the other side with words like patience and love and sincere love and truthful speech and having experienced the power of God. Faith in Jesus changed Paul. Although his life was full of difficulty and our lives can be full of difficulty, difficulty doesn't get the final word. Jesus transforms us, gives us his spirit and we become fundamentally different people when we walk with God. Paul's bringing clarity to that. He's also speaking of this, what we're calling this endurance in the midst of paradox. If you've been following Jesus any amount of time, you know that part of all of this is just this what's supposed to happen doesn't seem to happen. There's this way of living. For the Corinthian church, there was, again, confusion about what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. And I think there's confusion for many of us of what it means to follow Jesus. There's narratives out there. We've talked about that. There's narratives out there that say, if I'm faithfully following Jesus, then I should always be moving up in my salary. When I'm faithfully following Jesus, the less troubles should come to my life. If I'm faithfully following Jesus, my kids will turn out perfectly. So when they don't, we play these horrible stories in our mind like that somehow I have done something wrong or that God isn't real and he's true. Brothers and sisters, there is a paradox in following God. Paul spells it out through glory and dishonor. Bad report and good report, genuine, but also regarded as an imposter, known, yet regarded as unknown, dying, yet we live on, beaten, but not killed, sorrowful, but always rejoicing, poor, but making others rich, having nothing, but possessing everything. Paul's bringing clarity as to what it means to be in the family of God. Paul is bringing clarity that's saying, when you follow Jesus, it's not a magic potion or a secret code that somehow all your life starts just lining up clean. Now, Paul's saying like, let me bring some clarity to this. Following Jesus is about endurance. Following Jesus means, guess what? Troubles will keep happening. But following Jesus means our lives continue to change. We become more than we are when we begin. Following Jesus lives in this moment where in a given moment, in a given day, we can go from joy to sorrow for the sake of Jesus. I feel like I live in that world at Lake Avenue Church. I mean, there are days I've got to tell you where where I sit in one meeting and I hear the stories about how God is moving in people's lives at Lake Avenue Church, and then I go to the next meeting and I hear about the pain and the trauma of what's happening to families in Lake Avenue Church. Joy and sorrow, and it's all part of it. It's all part of endurance. And Paul, Pastor Paul, is telling this church, get ready for the ride. The final final thing I want to look at briefly is this idea of candor in verse 11 through 13. And Paul, again, being vulnerable, being honest. We've spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Opened wide our hearts to you. We're not withholding any affection from you, but you're withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also." Wow, I I love this. I love that Paul in this moment isn't holding back. Paul isn't being political with the church. He's not playing games. He's not overly strategizing anything. He is sharing his heart and he tells them, I'm holding nothing back to a group of people that he says is holding back from him, to a group of people who have slandered his name, who are minimizing his faith in Christ. And he is saying, here it is. It's all on the line, and we see an example in these verses of authentic leadership, honest and beautiful leadership, and even for Pastor Paul to be honest and authentic to groups of people, to a church that he has some history with. It's as if Paul is saying, I'm going to go all in with you. Are you going to go there with me? I'm withholding nothing from you. I'm telling you everything I know about God. I don't want my life to get in the way of your relationship with Jesus. I don't want you to be misunderstood that somehow following Jesus is gonna make everything clean and happy in your life. And he goes, I'm withholding nothing from you. I'm putting it all out there. And he invites them to come in with him the same way, saying, let's go there together. Pastor Paul, genuine concern for this church. Pastor Paul sees his job, the thrust of this text, to bring clarity to them about what it means to be faithful with Jesus. And Pastor Paul doesn't all just talk. Pastor Paul is honest and open and with great candor, says, I'm giving you everything I got. There's no other agenda. There's nothing else happening here what marks Pastor Paul's words to his people, concern and clarity and candor. And so for you and me this morning, what transition are you in? What transition is being put upon you? What are the great transitions coming up, the ones to celebrate? What are the transitions that are causing you anxiety? And and might there be something in in this text that might encourage you this morning? Maybe that word endurance is for you today. Maybe the idea of some of these unwanted, horrific, horrific transitions that are being forced upon you. That somehow there'd be some hope that that there's a way of experiencing faith and Jesus where you can where you can grow in love during this season where you can be patient where you can experience more of the holy spirit where you can experience the endurance that god gives us through his grace some of you need that right now because your work is horrible you want a different job you don't like your boss there's been changes pastor paul says endure i've i've seen jesus I know what happens through difficulty. I know what happens in times of trouble. I know that there's more to experience with God. Some of you I pray, and, and I believe this is a growth area for us in general at Lake Avner Church is around this word of candor. I mean, we live in Los Angeles County. We really like pretending that we have it all together. It's not that popular. To share what we're really feeling, that we're calculated, that we're always thinking about is this a safe environment for me or not to really tell somebody, even at church, what's going on in my life. And Pastor Paul says, don't withhold anything. Don't play games with life. Don't play games with leadership. Bring it, let this be. The church, the community of God is a place, brothers and sisters, if we can't have candor with one another, what are we offering the world? You don't have to have the perfect Instagram picture to be a part of Lake Avenue Church. We don't even have to have nice carpet to be Lake Avenue Church. And maybe this morning in your time of transition, there's an encouragement that I know they say week after week, go connect with someone at the banner. We need to be doing life with one another. And maybe it's been a long time since you've had a men's group or a small group or people you can walk life with. And maybe the prompting, you need people in the transition your life is facing. So at a very personal level, I pray that somehow Pastor Paul speaks to you, but for a, Let me close for us as a, as a church in the midst of the very obvious transition that we all heard just moments ago, what might pastor Paul say to us and I'll be quick and I'll be, I'll have candor with you. I was here for the last one. Many of you were here for the last transition, man, it was hard. And I've heard stories about the other transitions. depending on perspective or story, you know, you, you get all the different narratives of this, but I want you to know this, and I am no local church expert, but nobody really does it this way. And that's awesome. We have an opportunity as a body of Christ to do something a little bit different from our history, and a lot different from the way these things usually happen. We got seven more months before he's not even going anywhere. <laughs> Trust me, I know he's not going anywhere. <laughs> we have a pastor who, with, who said to you this morning, I'm withholding nothing from you. Here it is. And it's all about God moving through my family. And I'm bringing it to you so that we might not withhold from one another and that we enter this season together at Lake Avenue Church. Transitional seasons don't have to be horrible. No, Greg, I don't think our future is one of hardships and troubles and imprisonments. I think our future is one where we grow in the grace of God, our love for one another our commitment to this body, our commitment to the church, that this would be a season for us at Lake Avenue Church where our deepest concern isn't about who's going to be on committees, but our deepest concern is about the message of Jesus and that the way we do church would not put a stumbling block in anybody's path. I was with my students this week I'll close with this, because you weren't supposed to clap there. Okay. <laughs> I have five, uh, four 18-year-olds and one 26-year-old students in this class I'm teaching at, at APU. And I had them write this personal statement where they reflect upon how did they find themselves wanting to be a, a ministry major and do this with their, their life. And I read their beautiful, vulnerable, honest papers, but all I saw was positive. I had a great youth pastor. I had great parents. So we went out to dinner this week, and I asked them this question. I said, when did it, has it happened to you yet? And if it has, when did it, when did it pop? When did, the, when did the, the bubble burst for you? And I go, well, I go, you know, that moment where, oh, my gosh, church is really like that. And church people are like that, or pastors are like that where the beautiful poetic ride that the faith journey was on and then you witness something, you are part of something and the the disappointment, the disenfranch, and I am telling you, every five of them pointed to a transition. The loss of a pastor, the loss of a youth pastor, a church meeting where it was overly political and they pointed and tears were coming down their face reflecting, because it's in these transitional moments, I believe this, and we'll pray. We can be the family of God we say we are. We can come together, have concern for people's faith. We can have clarity about what we're actually existing for, and we can have candor with one another in a loving kind of way, or, or we can assume the worst. We can mobilize for next in a very coarse way And my prayer for you and for me as a part of Lake Avenue Church is that we really experience something totally different than we ever have in our history. And I have no idea what that means, but I think it means something like this. Our concern is for one another and to not do anything that is a stumbling block for anyone at this church or in this community. That this would be a time where the way we move and live with one another is one of great clarity because we're focused on what the truth of the gospel is, encouraging one another in difficulty, growing in grace, living the the life of paradox that it is following Jesus, and doing so with great vulnerability and honesty and candor with one another. Jesus, we need your help, for it's in times of transition for many of us where we can both recall very difficult moments. It's also times of transitions where we can have growth moments. And I pray for myself, I pray for this congregation, that this would be a season for us unlike no other. A season in which we come together to keep the main thing, the main thing, which is your gospel. This would be a season in which we love one another as we each go through times of trouble, that this would be a season where we grow in our understanding of you, that we would grow in the Holy Spirit. And this would be a season where we trust one another, where we speak to one another. We need your help to live this way. Thank you for our Pastor Paul this morning. And thank you for Pastor Greg. Amen.